You're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast and a big warm welcome, especially if you're new here. We're so excited that you are here at the Soul's Way where we are all about living in total alignment with our soul, living the brave way, living from your intuition, from your soul, from your heart and choosing courage over comfort, which I have, I believe I have an episode on this. I probably have many episodes on that. Um, I might do another one soon. I almost said film another one soon. I might record another one soon because it's just been a theme that's been coming up more and more and more lately as I meet people and we have this discussion about how scary it is and how I keep remembering how scared I was three years ago when I first started expressing fully who I am as a soul, but before that was totally choosing comfort every single day, as I think most people do. Um, And even though it's only been three years where I'm mostly, for the most part, every day choosing courage and I'm choosing soul expression, I'm choosing to move from my heart and my soul, my intuition, even when it doesn't make sense. And that is very brave. It's very courageous, but I've kind of gotten used to it. And it's weird that it's only been three years since I've been living in this way that I sometimes forget how scary it was, how much fear I had even to like tell people what my passions were, to like talk about personal development, to tell people I was into that, to admit that I wanted to be a coach and a speaker and an author and like share my story, like sharing my story for the first time three years ago was so, so hard and scary. And sometimes I forget how far I've come or how how much fear used to be there. So, Maybe I'll do another episode on that. Um, And I've had some stuff come up lately. And and of course, it's a work in progress, right? Every day I have to choose bravery. Um, And sometimes I choose comfort. And um, I also want to do another thing on another episode or something on visibility. I just recorded a quick reel for you because that's been coming up lately too, as I've been realizing, oh, I still have, this is still such a growth edge for me where I'm still a little uncomfortable being visible and I had some people like (laughs) I had someone recognize me the other day at a networking event and she was like oh my gosh I feel like starstruck because I listened to your podcast (laughs) and I was like I got a little like shy and like uncomfortable but it was cool too Um, and then in the same 24 hours somebody else recognized me at a party at my friend's terrace in Toronto in like one of the biggest most populated cities and he happens to recognize me from Belleville, which is a much smaller city where I went to high school and I didn't recognize him at all, but apparently we went to the same high school for one year. And I was like, "Ooh, I cringed a little bit. Whenever someone says they know me from high school, I'm like, Ugh. or even college, I'm like, "Ooh, not my most favorite versions of myself, but that's life. We grow. We have to be comfortable with people seeing our growth, right? If we're going to put ourselves out there and live the soul's way and live in a brave way, visibility is just part of it. Being bold or living a life and a life where you stand out a little bit more is different. And, you know, obviously putting a podcast out there, like, of course, you're putting yourself out there to be seen and growing my social media following and all of that for a reason. Of course, I want to be seen. 
But just noticing how it's still like, it's still sometimes sticky and scary and uncomfortable for me. Um, but the reason I keep going anyways is because I remember what inspires me, what motivates me. I remember my why, which is that there are people watching who are the previous versions of me, basically, like people who are looking for what I was looking for, right? Like I'm trying to be the example that I wished I had. Maybe um, somebody else is right on the edge of starting their own podcast, or I still get DMs regularly from that using hashtag Beale syndrome, people with Beale syndrome, um, thanking me and they found me and they see that I'm thriving and they're so happy. And I just got a message the other day. It wasn't even in English, but I saw Beale syndrome. So I translated it and it was like, I don't even know what the language was. French maybe? And it was like, hey, I have Beale syndrome too. We are strong. And then like a strong arm emoji. And it's just like, oh, little things like that just keep me going because I know how much I wanted to see other people with Beale syndrome, which is one of the um, like conditions that I was born into, one of the physical conditions, or other people with scoliosis or other people with really skinny arms and legs, like anyone remotely who looked like me or maybe was also indigenous like me um, or yeah, had body body things to work through like me and they were on the stage, so to speak, but yes, also on the actual stage, since I always wanted to be a speaker, like seeing that was the inspiration I really needed. So I try to be the inspiration that I needed. And, and I know there are people out there who need it and want it. And that's what keeps me going. So more on that later, I suppose, but I just, I just wanted to share that. Um, but no, this episode is really about filling you in on what's been going on. I know I've gotten a few messages from people wanting to hear more about this new job that I've taken that is so beautiful and aligned. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about what I've been doing lately, which is really, really prioritizing my peace. And it feels so good. <laughs> so, so good. Okay, so let's start with the question about the job. A lot of people are messaging me and asking, what made you want, what made you decide to get a job again? And one person was like, I remember you celebrating quitting your job like just a, just a few months ago, wasn't it? So what made you want to go back to, you know, working nine to five, working corporate? And I kind of laughed at that because it just goes to show we think people are watching our every move super, super closely, but really everyone has their own stuff going on. Everyone's the main character in their own movie. And it was actually two full years ago that I quit my job. It was June of 2020. So um, not a few months ago, two years ago, I went full in full time on my business. The job where I was previously was very um, harmful to my mental health and my making my business my full time gig was very much my motivation for getting out of there. And at that time, I really thought like the grass would not be greener on the other side like I really thought there is no other job even if I get another kitchen design job that's that's you know the field that I was working in kitchen and bath design and went to school for interior design or decorating and I thought I I think it's just a I think this is just how it is when you're an employee like it's always gonna there's always gonna be sexism there's always gonna be racism um it's always gonna feel hard to climb the ladder it's, I'm always gonna have to work for someone else's dream, not my own dream. Um, that's just how it is. Like I can't do my own aligned thing and do something I care about unless I'm working for myself and my own mission and my own values. And that's truly what I thought. And my my experience in that 
previous job was, yeah, it was very toxic, very, very unhealthy for me physically and mentally. Um, so yeah, hus- I hustled hard to get away from working full time um, and to take my business full time, right? And of course I say hustle, but I mean, <laughs> hustled, pushed, got really intentional, worked on mindset to all the things, not just physical, you know, hard work, but a lot of mindset work. I really muscle- hustled in the mindset <laughs> department. Um, which I've explained many times, the manifestation, manic manifesting can turn into a hustle in its own right and a a burnout of its own. I talk about that in my book, Whole Damn Fire, and I've talked about that many times before. Um, and so where I'm at right now is actually drastically different from the me that had just quit my job or even, you know, a year into having quit my job where I was still doing the sort of manic manifestation trying to make sure that I hit my goal every month you know for a while I was hitting five six seven k months I had uh almost 10k month like a high nine point something k month um but every month was like this all in mental exhaustion focus and I just knew that there's got to be a better more peaceful way um this can't be it where you start over every single month right from scratch and you're always just having to do your mindset work like 24 seven just to hold the belief hold the belief hold the faith hold the faith um and then do all the actions and everything but I knew there was a more I guess a deeper part of me knew there must be a more peaceful way to live and a more surrendered way to live um and then that's when I came across this like all this 5d stuff that if you've been here for a while then you were here when this podcast was the 5d ceo podcast you maybe took the 5d ceo program um i started learning about 5d living in the fifth dimension or accessing other dimensions which basically just means going beyond the 3d limitations going beyond the 3d hustle and getting out of your head and living more in tune with your spirit with your intuition but the way in which i learned it was quite harsh quite uh toxic the mentor I worked with was not good for me at all um and I ended up essentially burning my business to the ground but it was all it still all was you know for the highest good I really believe that but burned my business as it was doing well making five to ten k months burned it to the ground canceled the programs I had that people were signed up for that were gonna you know do decently well but it would would have kept me on the same track where I was like just doing okay but knowing there's something more there's something more than just mindset and this constant journaling and rituals and that was one of the programs I was going to be teaching where I would share all my spiritual rituals and tools and things and I just knew that wasn't aligned anymore because I wanted to find this more surrendered way of being and so I burned it all to the ground um, and then I had some very challenging dark months like obviously without income coming in that put even more pressure on myself then I had this mentor telling me essentially to cut off all my friends who don't get it who aren't learning this 5d stuff not to be in masterminds not to be in group chats with people like it was very unhealthy and when I look back I can see some very red flags obviously and I and I saw them in the moment too but told myself well this person has what I want 
and it does feel you know a lot of what she's saying does feel true and it is still you know i still feel that way like yeah there's truth to what she teaches but it's just the way it was being taught was very unhealthy at least for me personally um but couldn't see it in the moment but yeah it was very rough for a few months um and then financially it was rough and just last year last summer right before our wedding um was also like there's so many expenses for the wedding right and still I had burned away all my old coat like all my old coaching offers and things and trying to figure out my voice and what I want to say and what I want to offer and like essentially going through a spiritual awakening like a second spiritual awakening so your first spiritual awakening is when you're like oh my thoughts matter, right? Like law of attraction is real. Ooh, what I think and say matters. What I believe matters. You start to wake up to the power of your mindset, basically. I think that's like the beginner entry level of spiritual awakening. And you watch The Secret and you learn all these law of attraction things and all of that. But then you realize, ooh, there's a better way. And I love one of the the best teachers that I've had on this journey has been Michael B. Beckwith. And I had the honor of working in a group program with him. I got to like actually um, kind of talk to him. He read one of my questions on one of the calls <laughs> a couple of times. It was super cool. Um, but he's an amazing teacher of this. And he explains that this next level of kind of like spiritual awakening is when you realize um, what he calls life visioning, like a process where instead of telling life what you want and making vision boards and praying for the things you want and then trying to let go but you're really so attached because you created this whole vision board and all these specific dreams and goals but you don't even know what life life might have something way better in store for you so he teaches a process called life visioning and he has a really good book called life visioning and teaches this process and essentially what the process is is you sit and meditate and you let life give you the vision. You ask life what the highest vision is for yourself. You ask how your gifts want to unfold through you, how you know God, divine source, universe wants to work through you, how you can be a channel. And I talk about this a lot in my book, Whole Damn Fire, as well, right? So he, I'm very fortunate that I came across him. He, he taught all the same things about law of resonance and letting go and surrender, but in a much, you know, healthier way that I needed to digest that spiritual information. But yeah, so right before my wedding, I'm essentially like going through this whole second spiritual awakening, but also went through this like, I don't want to call it a dark night of the soul because I don't, I know people like overuse that term and I don't know if that's totally what it was, but it might have been, honestly, it was very dark. I've talked about it in some episodes before. It was like my rock bottom and, um, yeah, and then obviously the wedding, you know, there's so much to pay for. Weddings are not cheap. So money was really, really stressful and everything felt really overwhelming and really chaotic. And so after the wedding, I knew I had to like focus, rebuild. I wanted to focus on getting my book out there, even though that's not like a huge money-making thing. I just had this book in me. I, I knew I wanted to get it out. Um, so I got that done and then I essentially like totally surrendered to my soul, to my intuition. It's like, okay, I don't want to create anything else from my head. What wants to come through me? And that's when my program, um, Soul Legacy, was channeled and born. 
and I ran that with four women in it, I think, in the first round, and it was incredible. Um, I ran then I ran that one a couple of times, and then Unbound Soul was born, which was a deeper dive, six month offer, um, and so things started coming in. You know, the money started coming back in, but it was still like I'm back to this place of needing my business to make money, kind of feeling like I'm starting over every month. And I know, please don't message me if you're a coach or a business coach and be like, hey, you need to start with higher ticket or hey, here's this person who teaches you how to get high ticket clients. I I, I know this, um, but I have to follow what's aligned. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, it just felt like going through this spiritual awakening, especially, and then trying to have a business that is based on spirituality, based on the things that I learn, the things my intuition channels through me. It feels tired. I was like, I'm tired of doing this publicly. Like it started to sound really appealing to just get a job and then keep this growth stuff private. Do it in private. Do it just for me. Don't do it for the sake of the business or needing to make money on it. Like just let it be what it once was, which was just for my own growth and my own interest and my own passion that started sounding really appealing to me I was like I'm tired of you know even like the podcast I was like I'm tired of like people listening in and judging and me going through growing pains but going through it very publicly and like having to be like oh I used to teach this and now I teach this and that's a normal part of it that's a normal part of the journey that you sign up for but yeah there came this time where I was like I'm just I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. And it started to sound really appealing. So that's when I started opening. This was probably winter of last year. So winter of 2021. Started become, becoming more open-minded to getting at least a part-time job to provide me financial security and then to let my business or my spiritual journey be for pleasure again. And yet I had this shame right? Because there's so much pressure in the coaching industry around, um, in the entrepreneurship world in general, around being all in in your business and how if you're not full-time, if you're not all in, if it's not your only source of income, if you're not making the 10k months or this or that, then you're not really all in. Um, And so I was like, what does it mean? Does it mean I failed if I go back? Am I just going to end up giving up? Am I never going to return to my business? And then I was on this call um with one of my many mentors um one of my mentors melanie and she said um if you block abundance in one area you're blocking it in all areas like if you're not open to it coming in from one certain specific way because in your mind you think it has to come from a certain source then you're closing it off for all areas And that was a huge moment for me. I'm so thankful for that moment and that that shift because that really helped me give myself permission to to open up and say, wait, that's so true. I am open and I'm going to choose to trust that there are jobs out there that can actually light me up, that don't have to be toxic, that don't have to be, you know, soul sucking and unfulfilling and totally dreadful. Like there might be something. And so I'm just going to be open to it. So then I started applying for like copywriting jobs, for um, publishing house jobs, because I thought anything 
in the world of publishing writing that would really light me up so I thought for a while um, I found this cool publishing job sales job at a publishing house that I love I thought that was what I was supposed to do wrote a really passionate cover letter didn't get an interview um, applied to Lululemon because their mission was all about like wellness and personal growth and I have a friend who worked there so we thought that she could get me an interview and that didn't work out but I stayed open I stayed open in my mind and heart and I trusted that you know anything that was a no just means there's something better and then oh when did I apply I feel like it was May yeah not until May right so this is like (laughs) this is surrender and trust I'm still and I'm still running my business as well and getting essentially like enough money coming in to still pay all my bills which is great um but not wanting that pressure on it anymore of like that this has to pay my bills um so it wasn't until may or maybe no sorry sorry march yeah because april i went to columbia so in march i found a job on an indigenous job board posting and so it's jobs specifically for indigenous people or that would like um be sponsored a little bit or promoted if they hired an indigenous person it just helps with indigenous employment rates so i found a job on there and as soon as i saw it i was like oh <laughs> this is my job <laughs> every single thing on the posting was like me those are my skills to a t that lights me up that lights me up that lights me up like the mission of this company lights me up it's so cool it's all it's an indigenous wellness research center so it's all about empowering indigenous families who are urban um getting them better better health care right advocating for the gaps that exist for us as indigenous people and essentially the mission their mission is to make sure every indigenous child is born into um, a context of well-being which includes indigenous ways of knowing not just western science so it's really cool Um, And the position is for their communications management and social media management. And I was like, I've been doing, I love social media. I've been doing mine. I know how to grow an online community. Um, That lights me up. Organizing events, that lights me up. Um, Just like all the things, all the tasks that were included, everything. So I applied. I did a cover letter. And the process was quite slow, but I did get an interview. And then I did get the job. Yay. And it just felt like totally aligned, like, okay, I surrendered, I stayed open, and then life delivered me something better than I could have imagined. Like, I couldn't have imagined this type of position, right? Like, and I'd looked at other indigenous jobs and like anti-racism work and diversity and inclusion type of jobs, because I've been, I've been passionate about that. I've been doing some speaking and things on that, but the thought of doing like an anti-racism um fully you know a position like that was I thought it would be too emotionally draining um but this one I feel is a good balance because we focus on we do focus on racism and the gaps and everything but we have a big focus on empowerment and uplifting and um support and revitalization for the culture and the language and all of that that I'm so passionate about so it feels really good and I also want to say, like, I just want to gush a little bit now that I'm inside the job. It's been a couple of months. Um, I love it even more. <laughs> like, it's just so, it's so cool. It's, 
interesting because it's in the busiest part of the city. Like I go to, when I actually go to the office, which I've only had to go in two or three times so far, um, I negotiated as part of my contract to work from home most of the time and only going in a couple times a week, but things have come up and it's just worked out that I've only gone there a couple times, but every time I go, it's in a very, it's in our like Young and Dundas Square, which is basically like our Times Square, if you know New York Times Square, it's Toronto's version of that. So it's a very big, busy city area. Um, the old me, I was thinking on my way home from work the other day, um, yesterday actually, I was like, wow, the old me would have been having a panic attack just walking through this crowd and trying to go catch a busy streetcar and like would have hated this, but I, I'm like totally at peace because I've really been prioritizing my peace, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But, and I just feel so aligned and so good. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's interesting that um, I've been telling my friends, like it's the cool thing about my work is it's all, there's a lot of indigenous people obviously that are on the team. Um, and if they're not indigenous, then they are incredible allies. They're really passionate about empowering us as indigenous people and reconciling. And so it just feels, interesting to have there's such a strong community feeling and to have such a sense of like home it feels like being home in the middle in the middle of the big city which like is making me get tears in my eyes right now because I didn't think that that was possible in a nine-to-five job or in a corporate setting at all let alone like a huge you know catholic-based hospital is, is where I'm working in um but yet we have our little strong but mighty indigenous team and it's all about the culture um it's all about community it's all about doing things together as a team like everyone's equal everyone's opinion is valued everyone's input is valued everyone helps everyone spiritual well-being is a priority guys spiritual well-being what other corporate setting do you know where spirituality is even a word that's used and yet it's a priority for us as a team and we're going on a retreat together in the fall and I might even um, prepare something for us. Like um, my new boss already asked me if I would want to do a workshop or something like that for us sometime with my coaching background. So my, my two worlds are really colliding really, really well. Um, And yeah, they're very good about like work-life balance. It's a huge priority for them to make sure we're mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, physically healthy. Obviously it's all about wellness and health. So I'm just very happy and I just wanted to gush about that. And I feel that's important to share because it might be expansive for you to hear um, because I didn't think that there could be after six years and I was only in one job, but like I also worked in retail before that, faced a lot of racism, to be honest, in in working in different stores and different retail um, and sexism as well. And I just thought that's how it was everywhere. I didn't think there would be a healthy workplace that like actually cares about the well-being of their people and actually um, is a very like equitable, fun, safe space to fully be yourself. Like I just want to tell you those jobs do exist and you maybe just need to open yourself up as I did and surrender if that's what's right for you. Maybe something else is. We don't know. That's the thing is, like I said, I couldn't have imagined this job. I couldn't have come up with it in my mind. So that's why this whole life visioning and surrendering versus having a vision board and telling life what you think is best. Like life knows better than you. 
So allowing life to sweep you off your feet, allowing life to surprise you is what I've really been sinking into. And it's, it's really rewarding. It's really, really paying off. So um, yeah, I hope that's expansive for you. And it's allowing me to what I keep telling people with money is to get to safety first and to really honor what feels good for you and your nervous system, right? So um, a lot of us, we want to go from like struggling or even debt and owing to total overflow, to being millionaires, right? Like I want to be an overflow, then I can pay off all my debt and then I can do this and that and that and that and that's amazing. You totally can. But it's you don't manifest from pressure. Trust me. Because <laughs> what I was in for most of 2021, like a lot of last year, right, was essentially a pressure cooker. And nothing great comes from that. You manifest from peace. You manifest from pleasure. Wealth comes from peace and pleasure. So you've got to find a way to get to safety first, whatever that means for you. And so that's why I've talked a lot about redefining success. That's why it was such a big part of Decolonize and Rise. We had a whole module on redefining success. Because as soon as I allowed myself to redefine, "Hmm, wait, what would actually feel good to me? What is just conditioned into me that I think success as an entrepreneur is supposed to look like or that I think my path is supposed to look like and what what would feel good to me if nothing else mattered if no one else's opinions were there right I really wanted to make sure I wasn't just taking a job to please my husband or my mom my parents right get their approval I had to tune in and say "Mm, what actually feels good to me in my body what feels good to my nervous system and in sharing this I've had so many people thank me for that permission slip because they too have been shaming themselves thinking that it's bad or wrong to have a job while you have your business because it's preached so much in the entrepreneurial world that you're not all in if if you have one. Um, but I just think we're all different. We're all wired differently. And for some people, that pressure is like good. They thrive under that pressure, under that this is this is it. There's no plan B, do or die. Like they love that. They thrive on that and that's amazing. And some people like um, like me, as I've learned, you know, the, the last couple of years have taught me, mm, actually, I do better in my business, thrives more when I don't need it to. And that's the best part, right? It's just bonus. And it actually can just be bonus. Um, and I like to quote Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Big Magic, because she says in Big Magic, she says like, I suggest keeping your art or your passion as your like sexy love affair. Don't make it your thing that you're dependent on. Like don't make your art have to feed you basically. Um, let it, you know, like so she was like, I wrote a best-selling book and still had a job. Like she had a job or some some other source of income for the longest time, even while she was writing books, even after they became bestsellers, like because she doesn't want to write just for the money and then it has to be about the money and then it has to do well and that's an easy way to get in your head and make some unaligned choices and I've definitely learned that by experience too. Now I'm not saying that's the case for everyone and I'm not saying that your passions and your gifts shouldn't allow you to be well paid 
but just you'll know what's best for you and and that might change over time right there might be a time where the business is doing so abundantly well that it doesn't feel like a pressure cooker anymore and there is that extra overflow there's that extra gap but I love that where I'm at right now my job is which is so amazing and so fun and doesn't honestly really feel like work is paying my bills it's covering my security it's you know it's paying my bills and then some and then any money that comes in from my business is fun money that gets to go back into the business this is the thing that's going to allow me to keep investing in mentors and getting in groups that excite me and light me up and inspire me um i've pretty much never not been in a group program or with a mentor and I would do it 10 times over. Like I would invest all the money that I've invested 10 times over, even the mentors that I ended up not agreeing with or not liking because every one of them has either brought me to a client or has helped me break through something or has helped me learn something huge. Like it's all brought so much growth. So I love that my business can continue to be that money that helps me. It's not just about business growth. It's not just being in these programs for to learn like how to make a filter or how to make a funnel or you know how to make a coaching package like I don't do any of those (laughs) types of programs anymore anyway but it helps me grow in every area of my life it helps me communicate helps me strengthen my relationships it helps me with my confidence helps me with my body image it helps me with my health helps me with my well-being like growth as the whole human um is what I've gotten out of all of these investments in myself so love that I can continue doing that and then the and also the money from the business can go to fun things like photo shoots and reaching more people and playing around with the branding and the vibes and doing exciting things that light me up okay and then I was going to talk to you about prioritizing my piece but this episode's getting quite long and I do have a lot to say around the piece thing so let me actually just save this episode and it can be all about the job and why I got a job and <laughs> happy to share that with all of you Um, I am like, and I'll do another episode after this about prioritizing my piece, which you don't want to miss. Trust me, game changer when your number one priority in your life is your piece and nothing else. So, so, so game changer, um, which I've talked about a lot, but really like finally fully embodying it, taking my own medicine, (laughs) taking my own advice. So I'll do another episode on that. And I just wanted to say, yeah, I don't have any shame around sharing about why I got a job like people are like I'm so um even yesterday I got a message of someone being like thank you for saying in this post that you only had two people in your program like I've been so ashamed or so scared to run programs and then only have like one or two people join or like to share about that or what will people think and and I've got lots of messages too or even email replies people saying thank you for sharing about getting your job because you know what a steady paycheck is starting to sound really appealing to me and I had so much shame around wanting that or or possibly having to get one or wanting to get one because, um, again, because of all the pressure that there is in the entrepreneur world. But it's at the end of the day, it's like, what feels good to you? And I literally don't have shame, like shame slaying, as my mentor would call it. Um, Shoshana Raven, one of my many mentors, she would call it shame slaying. Like, that's one of my favorite things is busting through shame because shame is the biggest thing that holds people back and it is literally just the the most like false fear like fear that has no logic like what are you afraid of 
we think that we're going to die if people find out certain things about us or um, if we aren't showing up in the way we feel we're supposed to. Or we talk about something that's been called taboo. Like there's so much societal pressure in so many different ways on so many different subjects. And if something's like kind of taboo or um, yeah, taboo, I guess I am here for it. Like I love to talk about race. I love to talk about decolonization. I love to talk about money. Um, more recently, leaning into talking about and working with sexuality and sacred sexuality. Like, I'm here for all the taboo things. So, yeah, I don't have any shame. Maybe another episode around that shame slaying episode. Ooh, maybe I'll even get Shoshana to come on, <laughs> see if we want to have a conversation about that. But yeah, don't be ever be ashamed. Um, everything is the energy behind it. Everything's what you make of it. So like with those two people joining my program at the post was talking about how on every single call for decolonize and rise is the program I was talking about. There's two women that joined, right? Of course I would have loved like 10 or 15 or even 20, but I, I, I truly just trust that whoever was meant to be in it was in it. And absolutely like they were the amazing, perfect first two people to be in this program we had the best time together, the biggest breakthroughs, the most warm, intimate calls. And every single call, I was just like, wow, this really is something special. This really is something huge that I'm on to. It doesn't matter how many people are in this round. I know this is only the beginning and it's the beginning of something so special. Oh, and I need to do a podcast episode filling you in about Asha Frost's um, guest training and what happened to me as I went through her healing exercise. So, okay, now I have two more podcast episodes to record for you. But I got tears in my eyes, like almost every, actually every guest training too, because I was just like, oh, this work is so good. It's so good. It doesn't matter how many, like what the numbers are. This work is so good. It's so aligned. It's the energy behind the thing that matters. And it's the same thing with my getting a job, right? It's the same thing with whatever you might be feeling shame about. The only thing is, what's your energy around it? Anyway, I'm not going to go into shame right now because that's also a whole nother episode, but I hope you enjoyed my little update. I do have so much more to fill you in on, but um, that is it for now because this episode is getting long. Thank you so much for listening. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear if you're listening and you're in the community. So tag me on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt so I can personally thank you for um, listening in and for being here in the Soul's Way community. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again so much for listening. The best way you can thank a podcaster, if you got any value from this episode at all, or it helped you in any way, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt, send it to a friend and let me know your thoughts. I cannot wait to connect with you. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt or join the Facebook group, The Soul's Way. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to your magic.